What is today is Governor David Patterson, and he is one common sense guy, and he's with us every Sunday uh, for our Cats Roundtable, and uh, he makes big news every Sunday in in all the newspapers. Uh, Governor Patterson, uh, uh, what are we up to today? Well, amid the issues of the ongoing uh, war between Israel and Hamas, and the presidential debates that were held in the Republican Party this week, and just a number of other things that are uh, causing New Yorkers to feel caution, was an FBI report, I believe, that came back came out last Tuesday, stating that there has never been a time where there has been uh, more possibility of attacks against Americans on American soil. Uh, there have been times when there were threats against the Jewish community and threats against uh, the black community and, you know, just uh, threats against the, the government itself. But all these things seem to be happening simultaneously. And it gives me a moment of pause because I remember when the ship, the coal, was attacked, I believe, in 1998. And uh, we had a, a big event in lower Manhattan about it. And I, you know, obviously was concerned. But I think back right before September 11th, there were other FBI reports talking about possible infiltration into this country of terrorist forces. And I think a lot of people just didn't listen to it, you know, just didn't think it was, would happen. I, at the time of September 11th, really didn't know that much about Osama bin Laden. And boy, was that a wake-up call for all of us. And we sure don't need to, to go through this again. So this and, has got to be by an the issue way, that... Now, I, I, I didn't know much about... The, the, the word mullahs in Iran, because they're the ones that pushed the button and paid off the Hamas uh, to, to create the war. And I never knew the word mullahs, but now I know it. And they I, I have renamed them the Osama bin Ladens of 2023. Well, that's that's ex- exactly what's happening. And, and obviously um, uh, there uh, are attempts to get some of those operatives into this country and wreak havoc on our land. And that just can't happen. And it's one of those situations where this is one thing we're all going to have to agree on, Republicans and Democrats, uh, it, in whatever your view is of how the country is run and who should be the president and that uh, type of thing. It was a report. It was Uh, You know, the national news services, CBS and NBC and ABC, they reported it, but they didn't seem to go much further than that. And I'm hoping that they will, because this is something that we've got to be very careful about. Still, we have in this country a democratic society. We may dispute elections and that kind of thing, but we all try to come together after they're over. Um, We had that problem in 2000 with uh, Al Gore running against uh, uh, President um, uh, George W. Bush, and then uh, we had to get in 2020, of course, with Biden defeating Trump, and a lot of people didn't like the result of that. But it cannot be the catalyst for division in this country on this subject. It's just too serious. It's too dangerous, and it is obviously um, an idea that I mean, think about Hamas. So they attack Israel. 50 countries in the first two hours from the U.N. come out telling Israel to exercise restraint. Uh, it would be as if somebody broke into your house 
and uh, you start shooting back at them, and then the peacekeeping force tells you to come in and, and use restraint. I don't mean to trivialize the comparison, but what I'm just saying is this is uh, really serious, and it's kind of under the radar, and I just wanted to use a little time this morning, if you didn't mind, John, to elevate it in our uh, discussion as we move forward. Uh, well, it, uh, thank you for doing that. Uh, the other big subjects in New York during the holiday season, it looks like the MTA is moving forward uh, with congestion pricing, which will create more disaster for our city. And you live in the inner city like I do in Manhattan, and uh, we both live here. And, uh, you know, every time you come to, to work from uptown uh, Manhattan to downtown Manhattan, uh, you, you're going to pay a penalty. You know, it's kind of interesting because um, I was very supportive of this plan when it was first brought up in 2008 by Mayor Bloomberg. But even at that time, I remember that the the mayor wanted to meet with the assembly members and they wouldn't meet with him about it. And, uh, you know, it sounded all right to me. And obviously we need the revenues that the governor says it, it would uh, garner from this process. But there's a whole lot of evidence that what may actually happen is it will dissuade people from coming to the city, which is what happened during the pandemic. And that was um, the revenue generating during the pandemic fell dramatically because people weren't coming to the city. They didn't want to be around other people. In this case, it would just be people don't want to come to the city because they don't want to play those types of prices. And while they're talking about uh, Mayor Adams is talking about ways to uh, allow some entities such as school buses and and uh, taxis to be able to have a lower price. If if they have a lower price, then you have to raise the $15 price for uh, automobiles, and um, you might even have to raise the $24 and $36 prices for the buses. So and they're going to charge, and Governor, they're going to charge a lot of money on the trucks. So every truck that gets delivered to supermarkets or drugstores, the consumer is going to end up paying. Yeah, this is going to be a, a, a difficult thing. I, I would really hope on this issue that I'm wrong. Uh, I, I'd, I'd really hope that it would be a revenue generator for the city. Obviously, the city needs the money. Obviously, the state needs the money. Um, the MTA will, will manage it. I'm not as critical of them as others are. I, I think they know how to manage money. I was on that board for about five or six years. But what I would say is it is a, uh, it's a slippery slope. They made some good arguments. Apparently, in London, it worked, and, and some other places uh, there was a great deal of objection, and yet it actually was successful. But I think uh, around this metropolitan area, um, with people coming from New Jersey into the city every day and people coming from Connecticut into the city every day regularly, that this is a – I really respect um, the MTA and the governor for moving forward because there's a great deal of uh, almost hostility to this plan. And, uh, you know, I, I like that they're fighting for what they believe is right, but it is a very sli slippery slope. Last thing, Governor, crime. All the politicians are telling people crime is down, arrests are down. 
but that's a technicality. The arrests are down because the police officers are not making the arrests because it becomes a, a bureaucratic nightmare. Uh, the, they're filling out paperwork, and uh, the person is not going to jail. I mean, this situation that we read about in San Francisco and Chicago where people were going into drugstores and smashing the glass um, uh, the casings where the supplies were and just walking out and the police stood by and weren't able to do anything because they were being told not to, not to interfere. You know, there's just a general change in what we all once believed was the right thing to do. So, for instance, you know, when I think the best time for Israel to have really gone after Hamas was directly after they were attacked. In other words, they should have just uh, emptied the um, the arsenal on Hamas at that time, because the more there was a discussion about it, the more they were dissuaded from doing what they needed to do. And similarly, on the lower frequencies, when you think about crime uh, going on in the city right now and, and in Manhattan, uh, there are drugstores that are now closing. You won't even be able to find a, a, a place to um, fill your prescriptions. This is dangerous, and I think the only way uh, to stop it is a strong presence of law enforcement and an immediate reaction if anybody does anything wrong. And, and in other words, you just can't have this situation where the uh, owners of the stores are just throwing up their hands, and, and you as a store owner yourself, your time knows uh, what can happen if people start thinking you're an easy target. Uh, Governor, we one last question. I mean, it's, Commissioner Sewell uh, said to us, and I think you might have been there that day, where if we took 3,300 criminals, repeat of criminals, uh, off the streets permanently, and some of them are not curable because they're, they have like 10 arrests, 11 arrests, 12 arrests, then New York City will be back to the New York City me and you love. It's amazing that it's actually such a low number of people, and this is a good thing, that it's a low number of people that resort to this type of violence and theft and, uh, and uh, it, you know, uh, individual attacks on New Yorkers. And yet these predicate felons, meaning people who've committed crimes and been convicted more than two or three times, still somehow find a way to get out and commit fourth, fifth, and sixth offenses. You have people who are uh, being bailed out who've had 50 to, to 100 previous offenses. How could you have 100? Where would you find the time to get arrested 100 times uh, in, in, in the city? And that's, I think, really what um, has to be addressed, is that there's a certain period of time, and I opposed this years ago, I, I'll admit that, where the... Uh, Governor Pataki's idea of three, three strikes and you're out. Look, if we had to compromise, make it five strikes and we're out, we'd be a whole lot better than we are today. A hundred percent. I think the, ov of the overall problem, John, is people are losing their faith that their government and their law enforcement can protect them. A hundred percent correct. Governor David Patterson, I look forward to continuing this discussion. Thank you for calling in this Sunday morning. And uh, we'll catch up again real soon. Thank you, John.
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno.